0: But today I want to look at a story where sometimes God works miracles in a different way. In a way to meet our needs, not necessarily our desires. We're going to look at a story in Exodus chapter 16. Basically the context is here is the Israelites are freed from Egypt. They got through the Red Sea, that was miraculous. And at this point we're now one month to the day since they've left Egypt. Okay? They're in the desert. Now, in case you're wondering how does this apply to me, well, this really does apply to us as disciples of Jesus, because our promised land is not on earth, it's in heaven. They're in the desert waiting to get to the promised land. So if this applies to us, guess what? While we're on earth, we're in the desert. And there's going to be challenges being in this desert, particularly in America's present situation. getting a little more challenging as you keep up to date with all the news. But God is in control, and the key is, are we going to rely on Him? Are we going to trust Him? Are we going to depend on Him? But our home is not here. Our home is not the desert. It's not this earth. It's somewhere greater that we want to get. Amen? So in Exodus 16, verse 1, we now come with the story. The whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of sin. That's not encouraging, I guess. But that's just a name. It's not talking about the actual act of, okay? In between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month, after they had come out of Egypt. So one month to the day. In the desert, the whole community praised God. No, unfortunately, that's not what the Scriptures record. Now, I don't know about you. At first, we can get critical. But I'm actually encouraged by these kinds of stories. Because it just shows that the people of God aren't always perfect. And that's me. I'm not perfect. I I make mistakes. I do things wrong. Sometimes I'm faithless. I sin against God or against my family. It's great to know we're not alone in this, right? No, it didn't say they were praising Him. It says they grumbled. Now, I only have to ask a parent to know what grumbling's like. Right? (laughs) Right? Take out the trash, son. Okay, I'll take it out. Right? We know what grumbling is. Okay? I'm not saying the teens are the only ones who do that. I think we could ask a few spouses. Honey, are you gonna take out the trash? Yeah, it's not just about youth grumbling. We we can grumble pretty good as adults. I wonder how many of us under our breath by the boss when he walks by, right? Or the guy that cuts you off on the road. We all know how to grumble. I don't know where we learned it, but we sure got it down. Okay, and God's people they were grumbling against Moses and Aaron. So that's what usually happens. We find whoever else we can point to. Moses and Aaron led them out of slavery. How quickly we become ungrateful for the people in our lives. It's amazing that when we're not happy, how we want to make everyone else unhappy. That's what grumbling is. It's like, well, I feel bad. I want you to feel bad. That's what grumbling does. This is what I said to them. If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. Did you just hear what you said? Like, really? There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out in the desert to starve this entire assembly to death. I do recall them praying for years, God, please free us from this slavery. I do remember them complaining about the bricks they had to make, sometimes without straw, thanks to Moses. Isn't it amazing When we get to a place that we're no longer grateful, we even think Egypt is a better place. What Egypt do we go back to? What is the Egypt you go back to thinking somehow it's going to be better than it was before? And some of us have tried that. Some of us in this room have come to God, left our Egypt, only to go back to it. And find out it's no different. It's actually worse and that much harder to escape it. We've got to really ask ourselves, what are we complaining about, even if we're not saying it vocally? Is there an attitude of ingratitude in our lives? Are we even desiring to return to Egypt because we've forgotten what God has redeemed us from? I think we can relate to the Israelites a lot more than we're willing to admit. Amen? So they wanted to go back. They wanted God to... Why didn't God just strike us there? Really? Is that really what we want? No, but that's where we can get when we're ungrateful. Let's see what happens. Verse 4. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. Now, I want to stop there for a second because sometimes we think that God's blessing is proportional to our obedience or to our performance. I don't recall anywhere yet them repenting of their grumbling. I don't recall them being praising with gratitude. God is willing to bless them despite it. He goes, I I hear you. I don't like the grumbling. We learn that as we continue the story of the Israelites in the desert. But He still chose to say, I will send down food. Is God for Israel? Amen. Yes. Are they for God? Mm, that's a little questionable. But God for us is not about whether we're for Him. That's what's amazing about our God. He was already had a plan and He already said what He was going to do. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. And then jump to verse 11. The Lord said to Moses, I have heard their grumbling. Just in case you're wondering, God does hear it. You can't hide it from him he, he sees it, He hears it. But He also knows why you're grumbling. He knows the motive in your heart, the thoughts in your mind. He knows what's going on says, I've heard it, the grumbling of their sights. Tell them, at twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you'll be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord, your God. They haven't repented. They're still ungrateful. They're still grumbling. And yet God is so willing to meet their needs, not necessarily their desire, which is a good thing because they desire to die and go back to Egypt. See, sometimes, guys, it's good when God doesn't answer what we ask for. Because if He did, they would have gone back to Egypt and died. That's what they asked for, right? See, we don't realize when we voice those things, it means something. Good thing God doesn't listen to that. He meets our needs because God is for us. But God says there's another motive to this meeting our needs. Two things He mentions in these verses one, to test us. Will test us with what? Are we going to follow his instruction? Yeah, so that kind of gives us some insight. How are we going to be for God when He's meeting our needs? We got to follow His instructions. The second though it says to show them. To show them what? That He is the Lord their God. I think all the time, guys, because we're ungrateful, we don't see God as the Lord our God. But do you realize how many things that you don't deserve, you haven't earned, you can't perform to receive, but it gives you every single day? You got up this morning and you breathed. Maybe some of it a little harder than others, depending how fast you're moving. But you breathed. Did you wake up to no sun? That sun was still up this morning, was it not? It's been up for quite a long time. And as long as God wants it to keep coming up. But what if one day that just didn't happen? We should be grateful. There's so many things that if we would just open up our eyes of gratitude, we'd see the Lord is our God. He is meeting needs that we haven't even expressed gratitude for. We have a place to sit, to worship Him. That didn't always happen. As I've been studying the first century, the expansion of Christianity, let me tell you, we need to be grateful. They dealt with some interesting scenarios. I was reading one account this week in Persia as Christianity was expanding into Iran. This was not a nation that was very welcoming of Christianity. They they believed in Zoroastrianism, which is very different. In one four day period, they killed over one hundred and ninety thousand Christians. Yeah. And there's actual accounts of how some of them were persecuted. But I tell you, you would be in awe of our brothers and sisters from that century. Their courage, their faithfulness, and their absolute denial of the world because they rather do what God asked them to do. You would be amazed. And I'll be able to share some of that here in the future as I get it all figured out myself. <laughs> it's pretty challenging. But guys, we need to, to be grateful. God said, I'm going to meet these needs, but there is another purpose to test you and to show you who He is God. So let's see what happens. Verse 13. That evening, because God is true to His Word, quail came and covered the camp. And in the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, What is it? Now, this is kind of a play on words, because in Hebrew, if you wanted to say, What is it? It's manu. What is it? Manu. Very interesting later, they end up calling it, What is it? <laughs> What is it? That's what this is. What is it? It's manna. I just thought that was interesting. It's good to know a little bit of the Hebrew there. That was kind of cool. Okay? When Israel saw they said it, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is gather as much as they need, take an omer, which is like two quarts, in case you're wondering what an omer size is, for each person you have in your tent. God came true to His Word. He is for Israel. Now, sometimes I think we're the same when God gives us things we need. We too ask... Well, what is it? What's this? That's not what I wanted. Why'd you give me this? Or why did you make me wait? What? What is this, God? We're no different. But does God know better how to meet our needs? But sometimes He meets our needs very specifically to test our hearts. Are we grateful? Are we going to obey Him? So I wonder, how did they do? Now notice God said to take as much as you need, not as much as you want. So, in other words, there is an aspect in our relationship with God, we got to evaluate ourselves. You have to stop before God gives us blessing. You actually have to go, well, what do I actually need? Or is this just what I want? Am I being selfish in how much I'm asking for? Am I going to be generous with what I'm asking for? Am I asking for myself or am I asking for God's name to be known? That there's an evaluation that we need to have to obey God. So each morning as they came, they go, well, how much do I need? And in case they didn't know, He gave it to them, two quarts. Sometimes we need help, right? I don't know how much I need. Well, just get an omer. So God helped them out even with that. In other words, sometimes you don't need as much as you think. Sometimes maybe you need a little more than you think. God knows. And He provided. I think that's very interesting. Now, I wonder if you slept in that day. What would happen? If you didn't get up in time and and the sun began, and basically what would happen is by the time the sun came out, it would melt away. So if you didn't get up and you're like, I'm hungry. Oops. Oops. Kind of like when you miss that quiet time. You're not getting the bread of God, the word of God. But I imagine that, that that scenario is they get up each morning doing this with your family. Because you had to do it for each one in your tent. And you go out there and you're like, I can just imagine the conversations the children must have had. Mom, what's this? It's on the ground. How do we get it? What is it? And that's why they said, what is it? They didn't know either. But imagine the conversation as you're picking that up. And that's exciting, that's amazing. It's like, well, God sent this? Really? How did He send it? I don't know. Well, what's it taste like? Well, let's try it. I mean, you can imagine all the conversations. You think for one day, that's pretty miraculous. But now it's the next day. And the next day. And the next day. And it's amazing how that's more of the miracle... Than just the one day. That he continued to give it. And you'll learn and find out, and I'll go ahead and tell you now so you're excited about it. He did that for 40 years. Six days a week for 40 years. The only time it stopped is when they finally ate the fruits of the promised land. God is for Israel. Didn't mean they always appreciated it. We'll get to that. Let's go on to verse 17. Let's see what happened. But it shows that you should start your day with God's sustenance, not your own. The Israelites did as they were told. Yes, they passed the test. Some gathered much, some little. And when they measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much. And the one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. Wow, amen. They passed the test. Everyone had enough. There was not too much. There was not too little. That's what God wants for us. That we have all our needs met. That's our God. He's for us. But unfortunately, they didn't obey completely. At least not all of them. Let's read on. Verse 19. Then Moses said to them, No one is to keep any of it until the morning. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. So Moses was angry with that. See, we might obey God to a point, but we got to go the whole way. Some of them, they didn't listen. They, they, they hoarded it. Maybe it's because they didn't trust God to bring it the next day. See, sometimes I think that's what happens, guys. Is really the issue is not what God is giving us. It's that we don't trust. Can He give it the next day? Can He give it the next time? And maybe they're like, well, man, this is amazing. This is miraculous. God sent His bread. But what if tomorrow He does it? I'm going to save a little. I don't know. I don't know what was in their heart. But I can imagine my heart thinking that way. But they didn't listen. God is saying, you don't need to worry about tomorrow. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Sound familiar? Matthew 6. It kind of gives us an insight. You can't rely on yesterday's quiet time for today. Because it's spoiled by the next day. Whoa, there's some insight. You can't. you got to get it every day. It won't last. Anyone guilty of that? Yeah. Am I the only one? Okay, some of you are willing to be with me. Thank you. You might think Derek, you missed a day. Yeah, I've missed a couple over the years. Been doing this for twenty-five years, but I can guarantee you that the days I missed it, it was a day of maggots. Oh yeah. There's a day of not smelling so well spiritually. You can't rely on yesterday's word. You need daily sustenance from God every day. Amen? I just think that's a very important point for us. Let's move on. Let's see how the rest of the time go because there were some other commands about this need that he was meeting. Verse 21. Each morning everyone gathered as much as they needed, and when the sun grew hot, it melted away. See, so if you didn't get up on time, you're missing out. You're going to be hungry. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much, because God had commanded that, two omers for each person. And the leaders of the community came and reported this to Moses. He said to them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is to be a day of Sabbath rest. Now, we haven't even given the laws of the Sabbath yet. That comes later. They've only been a month out of Egypt. But already God is establishing a very important principle for His people because He is for us. Sometimes what we need is not more stuff. More meetings. More get together. Sometimes we need rest. And so God commands it for a reason. Because sometimes your mind is so all over the place that if you don't stop you're not going to be grateful for what God has given you the other days of the week. I think we need to bring this back a little bit. I'm not saying we live under the Jewish law, but I believe God still believes in a rest. Amen. we got to find that time. Does it have to be on the Sabbath? No, we're not Jews. We're Christians. Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. But I think the principle of rest... That is very, very important. Maybe that's why some of us are really starting to like the 2 o'clock. We get a little more rest on Sunday morning. (laughs) Now when we go back to 10 a.m., we're all go. Oh, I want to go back to 2. But God commanded it. Now here's the cool thing. Let's read on. It says, So bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left and keep it until morning. If you don't make the time, you won't be ready for the next day. I don't know, a lot of us, we've, we had the mothers who would cook on certain days like several things. Then they put it in those nice containers, stick it in the freezer. So when you come home, you can pull it out, right? That takes time. That doesn't just happen. You've got to schedule your life if you want to function right with God. Sometimes we're just too busy. And when that happens, it affects our relationships. I know that this week. I made some errors in studying. And the fact that this is, when I study, I'm very focused. But I don't have a separate place to go study. And so, as my kids are trying to interact with me, I'm not the most friendly person in that mode. And it hurt my kids. My wife has been very supportive and she's been understanding, but she sat me down and said, Honey, we need to talk. (laughs) I, I support your going to school, but... A degree's not going to get me to heaven. Relationships are. So I needed to change some things this week. I just want to be open, confess that, pray for me. I'm trying to figure the balance. Uh, because at the end of the day, my family is more important than my school. But sometimes that's not what I'm expressing in the moment of studying. And so, I've had to learn. i got to stop and figure this out a little bit better. And I'm going to have to schedule it so it doesn't interfere with our relationships. Amen? So I'm in the same boat. says, so, so they saved it until morning as Moses commanded and it did not stink or get maggots in it wait a minute if I got the bread on Monday and I held it over it got maggots if I got the bread on Tuesday and I held it over it got maggots any of the other days those five days if I got it maggots but the same bread from the same God the same way on the sixth day didn't get maggots the next day Miraculous is that? But so you're starting to get the point that it's not about the bread, it's about obeying and trusting God. That's amazing to me. I, I think we skip over that part. Like, why didn't it spoil that day? Because God said it wouldn't that day. Well, I'm going to try it on Wednesday. No, it's not going to work. You got to do it God's way or no way, amen. Or you're just going to have maggots and smelly bread. Okay? It says, "Eat it today." Moses said, "Because today is a Sabbath to the Lord, you will not find any of it on the ground today. Six days you are to gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will not be any." See, sometimes I think we complain when we don't feel like we're getting needs. When actually we should be thanking God. Because maybe that day He's not giving it to you so that you actually will rest. Sometimes maybe His no is yes to a greater need that we have. That instead of giving you this, well, I guess now I get to rest. Now I get to engage with Him. Now I get to be with my family. Sometimes no's are good things. I mean, even in the ministry, sometimes that canceled appointment, amen. I'm just being honest. Because, like, it's been hectic. I mean, I'll still go do it. But sometimes that no is actually God going, (laughs) I'll give you some rest. (laughs) Now, it's not with any of you, in case you're wondering. It's all Dallas County. It's just, no no one in Collin No, I'm just kidding. Okay? But you know. I Me, mean, right? Like you, you have that, that appointment that you had, it's in your calendar, you're tired, you have a headache. Aren't you excited when, hey, can we cancel? Oh, really? Sure, okay. Right? Sometimes God says no for our better good. Amen. I just think that's important to address. Now, it's miraculous. But then again, you wonder. How did they do on the day they're not supposed to get it? Well, let's find out. Verse 27. Nevertheless, oh boy, there's that word. (laughs) Some of the people, not all, appreciate that. Some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather it. But they found none. Then the Lord said to Moses, How long will you refuse to keep my commands? and my instructions. Bear in mind that the Lord has given you the Sabbath. That is why on the sixth day He gives you bread for two days. Everyone is to stay where they are on the seventh day. No one is to go out. So the people rested on the seventh day. Some of them failed the final test. See, that's how we can be. We can obey to a point, but then because we begin to rely on habit... I think that's why they went out the seventh day. I think we can form habits. And not all habits are bad. But some habits, God's going to test. Do you obey me or are you just going to give into your habit? It could even be a good habit. It's good to go gather food. But he said, don't do it. But out of habit, we do. Oh, got to go up and get the food. And so I hear God. And God the whole time is like, I just told you to rest. I gave you enough yesterday. Are we not grateful for when God meets our needs? I mean, these are some challenging stories that I think apply to us. God is for us. But are we truly following His instruction? That is the question I think we've got to ask. Amen? God knows what you need. But sometimes what you need is rest. Take that one to the bank, alright? Think about that for a minute. Look at your schedule. Look at your life. Maybe what you need is not more stuff, more meetings, more this, more that. It's just to rest. And then maybe you'll appreciate the six days where God has given you everything you need. Amen? Let's go on to verse 31. The people of Israel called the bread manna. Because in Hebrew, what is it? Manu. I find that hilarious. I don't have another name, so we'll call it, what is it? So every morning for 40 years, what are we getting, Mom? What is it? That's what we're getting. We're getting manna. Amen? It was white like coriander seed and tasted like wafers made with honey. Now, that may seem like such a small thing, but I think this is where God, in His just amazing grace may meet your needs simply, but that doesn't mean He makes it plain. He makes it sweet. Because sometimes too much, all the flavors start to get messed up. Sometimes simple, with just a little bit of honey, tastes way better than if you have a whole bunch of stuff together. Now I know that's hard for us as Texans because we love to eat. But God gives us simple needs but he still chooses to make it sweet. I love that. That's my God. That's your God. That's our God. Amen? Amen. Moses said, This is what the Lord has commanded. Take an omer of manna and keep it for generations to come. Okay? So they can see the bread I gave you to eat in the wilderness when I brought you up out of Egypt. Here's another miracle we miss. Okay, on Monday through Friday, if you held the bread over, what happened? Maggots. Maggots. On Saturday, you could hold it over to Sunday. Probably after that, Maggots. maggots. But now he's saying, take some of that same bread that I give you the same way all six days of the week, put it in a jar, and have them look at it for generations to come. That means that bread, for over 40 years and beyond, because we even read later in Hebrews, that in the ark is the covenant, the manna, and Aaron's staff. That bread never spoiled. McDonald's. (laughs) McDonald's must have got that recipe. That's right. Thank you, Clint. That was a good insight right there. It's like the Twinkies, man. Post-apocalyptic, man. That's what you got to find. Twinkies. They'll laugh. I mean, God, that's a miracle. And what I think it shows us is that sometimes, guys, the miracle isn't the big thing. It's the small thing He does every day. He's, he's saying, guys, I want you to remember this for generations to come. I didn't have to just open the Red Sea. I only did that once. I don't have to give you victory over an army. I only did that a few times. But I gave you what you needed every day for 40 years. God is for us. But sometimes we miss the miracle of remembering. That simple thing never spoiled. That's pretty amazing to me. I don't know about you. I'm I'm amazed by that. It's hard to explain. But maybe that's the point. Maybe too often, we're wanting explanations from God rather than just trusting the promises of God. What is it, God? God, why are you doing this? You know, when you say, why, to God, you're actually kind of putting yourself as more authority than Him? Because it's like He has to answer to you? That's, That's such a prideful statement to God, really. Why, God? Like, you're in control? Like, you know better? No, we've got to be very careful with why. It's okay to ask what? He didn't get on him for saying, what is this? God, what's going on? But when we go to why, when we begin to doubt His promises, now we're talking a sinful heart. We don't need to ask why. We need to trust His promises. He gave them this bread for 40 years. We should not doubt that He can meet our needs. Amen? Amen. You may struggle with it, and God is graceful, but let's get to the place we need to. Amen? Amen? Let's go on to verse 33. So Moses said to Aaron, Take a jar and put an omer of manna in it. Then place it before the Lord to be kept for generations to come. As the Lord commanded Moses, Aaron put the manna with the tablets of the covenant law so that it might be preserved. Did you catch that? Where did you have to put the manna? By the what? So that it would what? What preserves it? God's Word. What's going to preserve you? God's Word. You go anywhere else, it's not going to preserve you. The preservative was the Word of God. That's what kept the manna from spoiling. So how important do you think it is for us, if we don't want the manna, the dependence on God, to meet our needs every day until God returns, how important is the Word? Very, very very important. It is our daily manna. That's what it's for. It's our bread of life. I think that's amazing. The Israelites ate manna 40 years until they came to the land that was settled. They ate manna until they reached the border of Canaan. I wonder what it was like on that first day after. Out of habit. Oh. And you may think, well, it was cool. They're in the promised land, but you read the rest of the story, the promised land didn't go very well. They began to enjoy the fruits of the land rather than the fruit from God man of stopping may not have been the best thing. See guys we can try to move on from the word and try to go on these other things, these bigger fruits those more delicious books we got to go back to the simple word of God. Amen that's just another story for another time. Amen if you don't believe God is for you then you've got to pay attention to this passage God show he was for Israel every day week in week out every morning without fail the manna was there the question was were you there every morning to receive it to pick it up to trust Him to save it for your family through the day to be nourished by God that's incredible faith to believe God would supply your needs day in day out that's the greater miracle to me not just the fact it happened that alone is amazing but that it happened for 40 years. Amen? Amen. Now, even though that's amazing, and even though if we would be honest, there's things God has given us for day after day, year after year, and we become ungrateful. Look at these quick lines. How did they end up feeling about this manna during those 40 years? Numbers 11.6. But now our appetites are gone. All we ever see is this manna. Whoa. Okay. What about this one? 21.5. And they began to speak against God and Moses. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die here in the wilderness? They complained. There is nothing to eat here and nothing to drink. And we hate this horrible manna. Ouch! But are we really any different? I'm tired of these d-groups trying to get into my heart. Asking me how I'm doing. I hate this. Right? Well, you have that choice. That's an open door. But is that really what you want to do? Is go back to Egypt? Because we got to be careful we don't lose gratitude for the simple things God gives us every day. Amen? There was a purpose, not only for meeting needs but to reveal our hearts. Look at these other two passages in Deuteronomy as God's describing, why did He give this manna? Why did He meet their needs and make them trust Him? Look what these say. These are amazing. Verse 3 of Deuteronomy 8. Yes, He humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna. God allowed that. A food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. There's a bigger lesson, guys, than God just meeting our needs. He's for you. He wants to meet your needs and He met your needs even when you're grumbling. But there's a test of our heart. Look at this one in 16 through 17 of chapter 8. He fed you with manna in the wilderness, a food unknown to your ancestors. He did this to humble you and to test you for your own good. He did this all so that you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth. Thank you, Vince. Share that verse for contribution with my own strength and energy. That's why you go back to Egypt. You're trying to do it with your own strength and energy. And that's what you did when you were in Egypt. But it didn't go very well. We got to rely on God. God is absolutely for Israel, God is absolutely for you. But we got to show we're for Him by humbly depending on Him and His Word. Amen? Amen? But see, God also had another future plan. He was revealing a future manna that would really show that God is for us. Last two scriptures, John 6, verse 47. I tell you the truth. Here's Jesus. Anyone who believes has eternal life. Yes, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna, manna in the wilderness, but they all died. Anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will never die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And this bread, which I will offer so the world may live is my flesh. Guys, what's the manna we need today? Every day. It's Jesus. He is the manna. He is what we need. All those other things are extra. And God's just an amazing God. He gives extra. He still makes it sweet. But take the, all that stuff away. All we really need at the end of the day to live, to make it to heaven, is Jesus. we've got to make sure we stay in the Word if we're going to do that. Jesus is the manna that meets our greatest need of all. Salvation. Forgiveness. A promise of eternity with Him. He meant it too. How do we know God meant it? How do we know God is for us? Because He sent manna. Manna from heaven. He sent His Son Jesus. Let's show Him that we're for God because we're going to trust His promises and we're going to depend on His power. I want to end with these words. Words from our resurrected Lord. Something we get to look forward to. The promised land that we're waiting for. In the Revelations 2.17 as I close, anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what He is saying to the churches. To everyone who is victorious, that's only through Jesus, I will give some of the manna that has been hidden away in heaven. You ever wanted to live in the Old Testament? You get to. If you are victorious, if you make it to the end, that same manna that He sent down for 40 years, He saved some of that for us. Amen how good is that going to taste in heaven? And I will give to each of you a white stone, and on the stone will be engraved a new name that no one understands except the one who receives it. To those of us who are victorious, we too will get manna from heaven. Amen.